to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa. Slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Good evening, Adam. Good evening, Chris. How are we? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. I've just realised we said good evening, but people might be listening to this in the morning. Do you know the funny thing is I was listening to a podcast earlier that said good night, and I was listening to it at 11am. Well, that's interesting. Hello, Adam. Hello, Chris. Um, it's breakfast somewhere around the world. So. It is. It's, uh, um, it's eleven anyway. o'clock somewhere. Anyway, yeah. do you? Ha- anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah. But what is very on topic is uh, the name of our guest. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Drummers Only Radio, episode number forty-two, with, with the amazing, wonderful Simon Edgus. How are you, Simon? I thought I'd give you a few minutes, just a few seconds, just to get scared. Hello. Um, hello. <laughs> Um, so uh, uh, can we should we just start this one by just very very quickly filling in what happened last time absolutely absolutely right okay um so um last time this was before you actually went on you did number one properly isn't it um and we we did this and for some reason i had turned something off on my computer and the whole take was ruined by it was a compression thing because you had been teaching drums over zoom yeah yeah. I think. And this was like lockdown one. It was actually yeah. almost a year to the day. Can you believe it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah. And it's taken us that long to get our finger out to actually yeah. reinvite you. It took us to this long it. to build this beautiful backdrop behind us. So, we thought we can't do it any other way. Yeah, it looks great. It does look really, really good. Uh, but it, thank you. Thank you for having me back um, no, properly welcome. this time. And um, and always good to see you. So, well, you. you too. The profitable thing for everyone is Yamaha released a new product. So there's all that to talk yes. about as well, which we didn't have this time last year. So yeah. that's great. So that's a good point. F- for people listening or watching um, who don't know who Simon is, um, Simon is basically a tech wizard. Mm. Um, it's probably not even strong enough of adjectives <laughs> to de- describe just how intelligent Simon is, especially when it comes to eRoms and technology. Um, so for the last 15 or so years, probably longer, um, he's been a consultant on a variety of things, yeah. both electronic and um, branding-wise. Yeah, well. Yamaha's UK demonstrator yes. for all yep. electronic products. Uh, and you've been key in the development of some new products over the last five years? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I think this... They, well, yeah, what we're talking about is the new DTX6. Mm-hmm. Um, I... First talked to people in Japan about that in about 2017. So right. yeah, in about about four wow, years. Wow, about four years ago. Yeah. yeah. So how does the product design process work? Oh, that is a very, very long story. Uh, right. Well, what generally happens is um, whenever there is a product out, um, everyone always has suggestions. And um, so everyone thinks, oh, it'd be good if that was mm. whatever. It'd be good if that did that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd really, it would make my gig easier, which is the normal, the normal one, if it did this. So you mean and consumers? Consumers, end right. users, end users. So people who are actually using this day to day and, uh, you know, electronics of all sorts. And it, um, and, Eventually, you know, ideas get back to people like me and and the the guys who actually sell the gear, and 
all these ideas come back to a central location and there's lots of talking and lots of planning and just sort of, well, what about if we did this? What about if we did that? What about if we took this product, took that bit from that product, put this in it and then did that and then put this in for good measure. So it, it's, um, it, it's so complicated. It's, you know, you would think it, it's quite a, an easy thing to, to bring a new piece of gear, whether it's acoustic drums or electronic drums to market. It's a nightmare. It mm. really, in the best possible way, but yeah. it's, it, you, it's not straightforward at all. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. I can imagine it's complicated because there's so many things to think about beyond just market constraints and what products are already there. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, there's a brand ethos even to, to hold up. We, we've we been talking a lot in the shop about our brand. So I can imagine from a, a, a brand like Yamaha's point of view, they have to keep that history, but evolve it. Yeah, mm, absolutely. I mean, um, when I, 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 it's probably best if, if um, when I'm, I'm not just talking about just Yamaha stuff. I'm yeah, just talking sure. about lots of, yeah. lots of different stuff. Cause you know, I've been involved with other companies as well um, mm -hmm. in, in different things, electronic drums. It's always been Yamaha, but in mm -hmm. you know, symbols and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's, there's nothing, there's no, this happens all the time, but there's nothing worse than go, uh, uh, approaching whoever needs to be told uh, the, these brilliant ideas. And you tell them the idea and they go, that is absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately, we can't <laughs> use it because, and then they'll give you a big, long reason yeah. why. But that happens all the time. And that happens in probably every, you know, whether it's car development or speaker development or TV development. Mm. So, it's yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. I never thought it would be this interesting. Um, mm. If I'm honest, is reverse engineering still a thing that happens a lot? Uh, well, there's one company out there who does an awful lot of reverse engineering, <laughs> but uh, um, they're not in the electronic drum world, so I'm not going to talk about them. Um, uh, uh, no, everyone, all the big companies, all the big companies, the day-to-day -day companies that we know very well, they try and push forward with new stuff mm -hmm. um but in another part of the market yes reverse engineering is very very profitable mm. um i mean if you look at um yeah i mean and also you know depending on where in the world the um patent laws are different in different parts of the world so okay. you might a company might take out a patent on something amazing in this in in the west or in america or in europe or something like that and then someone in let's say china goes, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to make that and sell it for a tenth of the price. And it's actually, you know, the legal side of that is actually really tricky. Um, yeah. But generally, all the big companies, that you know, they all do stuff very, very by the book because no one wants to have any risk. Yeah, sure. And I guess after a certain point, the, the, the tech is commonly known anyway. Yes, but so that's... Yeah. So there's no need to get inside the box and figure out what's going on because most people I would imagine that are designing these things kind of know what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um but it's uh the the world of patents when it comes mm. to um uh, musical instruments is um a minefield mm. and um you could have a really good idea. One could have a really good idea. Approach the biggest manufacturer in the world of that particular product about it. And they go, like, you know, almost like I said earlier, you know, they go, that's absolutely brilliant. Mm. But you're infringing on mm. the patent Excellent. of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
so we can't use it. Um, and that's happened to me more than once. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just it's just life, but it just makes you look in slightly different directions. Yeah. On, on the opposite side of the spectrum, have you, and you don't need feel, you don't need to name the product or anything, but um, have you ever been on the, um, the side of the fence where, you know, you've went to places and you've trialed products and you've went through all the R&D and all the development process and then that product's just never seen the light of day? Um, not in any of the with any of the companies I've been involved in, but I have yes, definitely. And also, things come to market. Um, something uh, happened. Uh, a, a kit came out. An electronic kit came out ages ago, and I saw it at a music fair somewhere in somewhere in Europe. And I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting." Right, let's go and have a look at this. So I went and had a look at it. Had a look at it. Had a play on it. It was really good, and and it was something was bugging me about it. And um, so I went up to the, the most important person on the stand and said, um, can you just ask me how you're getting around the fill in the gaps patent? And they looked at me blankly and went, what patent? Oh, and that never went any further. And, and that happens. That's wow. I mean, that it's yeah, it happens all the time. Um, uh, that happened to me with another company where um, uh, they were they wanted to put something to market and they just said look out of interest if we were going to do this what would you do hmm. and i'd say well i wouldn't take it to market because you're going to get sued mm -hmm. and they looked at me and went oh okay and that was it <laughs> it's really strange it's really strange i mean obviously obviously um yeah one thing i should say if you if you're listening to this hoping hoping to listen to lots of paradiddle stuff and flamacues <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, sorry, you, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, um, I do show. do that, but but uh, but yeah, this yeah. is yeah. So apologies, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> over the stuff that you've been involved with over the years, regardless of brand, would you consider it to be as close to maybe a signature product as as one may get in the electronic industry? Oh, what, what? So, like, what, if you've been, in, like, if you've oh, seen see. your opinion put forward to and 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 created, it becomes a kind of Simon stamp almost. Is that is that a stretch? Mm, no, no, I, no, I, that would no. I'm not. Um, no, I, I, I've never, I've never considered anything my product. That's that's. There's mm -hmm. so many people involved. I mean, you know, you go to. Um, you know, Yamaha's headquarters in Hamamatsu, and you go to the area where you know whatever I'm working on is is being developed, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people working on stuff, mm. and so no no one person can take credit for anything. It's mm. it's such a massive um, you know group effort. Yeah. It's like an ecosystem, isn't it? Everything just kind of blends into each other, and you know it all just comes yeah. together like like a well-oiled machine yeah it's probably a naive question but i took a punt <laughs> yeah no 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 absolutely no no i mean it makes total utter sense because i mean it's yeah i mean no i would have asked exactly the same question yeah because your your opinion's obviously valued you know they, they obviously seek it out for a reason you know whoever the brand is they're coming to you because you know what you're talking about hmm. um i would hope so <laughs> well, the whole career's been built around it. So if you don't, well, you've, you've pulled the wool over everyone's eyes for a long time. So where did that yeah. in, where did that interest in electronics come from? Like, is um, that something you've always been involved with, or I've always been involved with it. Um, right, right from uh, day one, I started playing when I was eight, um, and I reckon I got into electronics when I was about twelve. Mm -hmm. Actually, I know exactly what happened. Um, uh, <laughs> 
what it was was a friend of mine uh, who was uh, did lots of techie stuff said oh I'm, I'm talking to a company um uh um there's a company who make electronic drums nearby um should we go and see them and you know and he rung them up and he and they went yeah yeah come over and have a look and this was uh simmons uh simmons being the, uh, one time in the 80s the biggest massive um uh, electronic drum manufacturer in the world um this is when they were a bit in their heyday and it, it, they were in quite a small building at that time and um and they just sort of went yeah look if you need anything just give us a deal so i sort of had uh, an unofficial simmons deal when i was about 15 or something. Wow, I mean, oh, not, not as an endorser, but you yeah, know, yeah. sort of if I needed anything, they were like, yeah, sure, we'll sort you out. Yeah, fine, great. Um, and so I started using that um, Simmons gear when I was, yeah, 15, 16. And um, actually, I must have been 17 because I was driving. So I was 17. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and it just sort of went from there. And then I've always just stuck with electronics. I just, um, I mean, obviously, I play a lot of acoustic stuff behind me. There's actually you can't see any on that screen anyway can you um uh there's acoustic kits over there and all that sort of stuff and i love acoustic kits and nothing will replace an acoustic kit mm. but i really love the tech mm -hmm. mm. we've been you and i talk a lot about all of this stuff because of customer things and, and interests yeah. and other things and it's only this year when i bought the new dtx6 that i kind of got it into my noggin that they're two different instruments yeah you know, and totally. I think there's a mass. There's still a massive thought process that an electronic kit is a replacement for an acoustic kit, and it's mm -hmm. and it's kind of not really. No, know. it's exactly the same as a grand piano and a synth. Yeah, a synth could do a really, really good impression of a grand piano, but you aren't going to sit down and play some Rachmaninoff in um, Royal Albert Hall on a synth. It's no. just not. Right. But if you wanted to do lots of film soundtrack stuff, you, you know, the synth is a perfect instrument to do it on. So it's just about horses for courses. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you're totally 100% right. Uh, it's not the same thing, but it shares a lot of things. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's even coming down to the, the way you play it, the physical touch on the instrument. Yeah, you're almost going to have to learn how to play it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. I'd, I, you know, the amount of the amount of stuff you have to cut out of your playing that you wouldn't actually play on an acoustic mm -hmm. kit because the the thing won't pick it up the same yeah. way as, as like wild. the nuances that you would play on an like on acoustic kit would just depending on obviously the make model and the pads and all the sensitivity and all that unless you, like out of the box like you know a lot of people don't realize that you have to dial that stuff in mm. so they'll just they'll listen to it back and you know i mean simon talks about this a lot um about i remember you had we had you in clinic maybe two years ago Mm. Um, talking about the EAD10 and someone asked you a question about electronic kits and they were just like oh I don't understand how you know like I play an electronic kit and it just doesn't feel like my playing and you quite it, rightly it, said to them you know. yeah I mean it's it's one of those things um, uh, every single time you buy a new product new electronic kit anything like that you have to set it up for you and most people don't most people mm. set it up and they play it with the same settings that somebody who built it thousands of miles away gave it because it gave a good overall setting but it doesn't you need to set it up for you um and it it's one of the biggest actually it's one of the, probably the most satisfying things i do is going to see someone 
and they go, this kit is fill in the blank word. It's not, it just doesn't do the, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. Right, and it's like, okay, have you set it up? What do you mean? Okay, let's try this. Right, so go through all the, you know, there's, there's I don't know, the five or six things you've got to do, and you've got to do them in order, you do them in order, and then suddenly it's like, oh, wow, this is completely and utterly different. So you, if you have electronic gear, you've got to set it up for you. We, we all play differently. We all use different sticks. We've all got different technique. That's the main thing. We all have it different techniques. So we, you need to set it up to suit you. Do you think that comes out of the prevalence of and sales of lower-end models where you might not necessarily have the capacity to do that in the same way as you would with something if you spend over £1,000? Um, no, I think it comes down to uh, sales talk, basically. Right. Uh, I think it, I think it is completely down to um, uh, companies, you know, going. I don't know. You don't need to set it up. No, mm. just sit, sit, sit and play it. Well, yeah, you can, and it'll be eighty percent all right. But mm-hmm. most serious players aren't happy with eighty percent right. They want it to be ninety nine percent right. Yeah, um, nothing's ever a hundred percent right. An acoustic kit isn't a hundred percent right, but we sort of get used to its idiosyncrasies and everything else. Mm-hmm. So um it's yeah it's, it's just one of those things you just need to sit down know what you're doing and or ask someone like me to mm. show you what to do and then and then it it, it generally takes 10 minutes and it's a mm. completely different kit it's funny because keyboard players just that's how they are that's how they think yeah 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 you know they would think nothing i spent two nights of dialing in a new board yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, yeah, but as the, as I go up the keyboard, I want it to get lighter. Well, mm-hmm. okay, great. I mean, you can do exactly the same thing on a, on a e-kit as well, and you you need to do it. Um, one thing that uh, – I, I, I filmed a video this week about using the, the new Yamaha module with some um, different pads. And um, one thing that I said in there, which a few people have actually sort of texted me and go, did you mean to say that? And it's totally right, is – in, if you've got an electronic kit, um, you will have seen something called velocity curves. And velocity mm. curves are uh, how quickly it gets from quiet to loud as you, uh, how quickly the, the sound gets from quiet to loud as you play from quiet to loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, the, the most satisfying kit I've ever played had a different velocity curve on each pad. Because how we hear our bass drum, how we hear our snare drum, how we hear our rack toms to our floor toms, and how we want them to respond is completely different. And on an acoustic kit, it does do that. And you can set it up on an electronic kit to do it. We are getting incredibly technical here. I'm very sorry, everybody. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, it's, it's, I think the education side of it is vastly, vastly important. And it's kind of overlooked. I think yeah. you're kind of on, feels like you're a wee bit on a one man mission to change that. You know, yep, especially, especially yeah, with the launch of this new kit, the videos that I've seen you put out are like, oh wow, this is some, you know, deep it, diving. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. But hmm. making that commonplace for drummers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really difficult. It's a tightrope because um, uh, you know what I'm like. I mean, if you let me <laughs> off the leash, I will get really, really technical and really in depth and and. and and most people don't get that, and I completely understand when I'm the only person in the in the room talking to myself, <laughs> and everyone else is going back away, back away. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know, it's it's so I completely get that. So it's a it's a tightrope getting the technical stuff on one side and the 
everybody or 90 you're never going to get everybody but you can get sort of 90 percent of people to go oh i get it now that's what that's what that's yeah. for i get it so it was quite fascinating when you did the ead 10 um event in glasgow like there was a f- few moments of that where you saw everyone in unison's head kind of tilt to the left and go yeah oh okay like almost yeah. like <laughs> in, in sync it was quite amazing <laughs> yeah like, yeah i mean and, and it's on really obvious stuff that everyone sort of takes for granted and that is that is what it that's what my um i think that's what my personal mission is is against people taking things for granted everyone takes things for granted and um to get the best out of anything you've got to read the manual um you've got yeah. to read the manual and you've got to have a little bit of knowledge you can't just go cold into do, stuff do you think there's a on that then do you think there's a responsibility with brands to make it a little easier for people to to swallow yeah but then they wouldn't sell so many okay <laughs> again it's a different it's a di- it's a it's a thing if you are a company you want um if, if, if you're a company you want uh, people to buy your gear love it instantly and uh, and that's it mm-hmm. um uh and, and you know everyone everyone wants that but um you can't <laughs> get everybody to understand how uh you know a, a, an electronic kit works everything in an electronic kit uh, works just by opening up the box, setting it up, and playing it. Mm. Um, so, when you set up an electronic kit, eighty percent, seventy percent, sixty percent, whatever of the time, and you, you will be happy, you'll be satisfied, and everything else. But I'm always trying to push the envelope with people. I'm always trying to get them to do something else. Like you know, the first time you get someone to load a sample into a kit, and they go, oh, "Wow, that's mm. brilliant!" And it's like, well been able to do it since you owned the kit but you've only just understood now how to do it so now you can do it all the time and they're like great that's fantastic um so it's yeah i'm always trying to i yeah i'm always trying to push it so that people uh, i i often get it wrong i often get it wrong i often aim much too technical and shoot over people's heads and they go what on earth is he on about um (laughs) but i'll but i'll try and take as many people with me as i can well kind of on that note then so for for drummers who are maybe just kind of starting to dip their toe in the water of electronics and you know that whole side of it or maybe the older generation who maybe aren't electronics was like a thing that was like the future you know they didn't have like you know like an spdsx or they had a a dtx multi or whatever beside them at all times on every gig you know where's the best kind of starting point for those players Uh, okay the best sort of best uh starting point is um buy a brand that you know because the bigger the company, the more research and development they will have going mm. to it. Mm-hmm. And the more effort they will make uh, to try and just get it, um, just get it working. And uh, you know, just get, just get it so you take it out of the box, set it up and go bang. So buy something which you um, recognize the name of, um, buy something which, buy the best thing that you can. I think that's the I think that's the mm. biggest biggest thing. Um, yes, you can go and buy a kit for one hundred and fifty quid, or you can you can get something off eBay for you know fifty quid. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do the job. Mm. Um, if you it, well, depending on what the job is, if you just want to practice at home, then a three hundred quid kit is going to be absolutely perfect. Um, but if you try and take a three hundred quid kit on stage, you'll probably be a little little bit disappointed. So um, if you're touring, then obviously you need to spend a lot of money. Um, and most of us who are all in the middle, then we do something 
else in the middle and and we, you know we find something but get the best thing you can um for the money it's funny because that just you know we've had experiences with, with electronic drums where they've, they've come back broken and they've, they've maybe they've, they've not they've bought a sort of off brand if you like mm. and it can so sour the taste in people's mouths mm. yeah yeah for, for what otherwise could have been a really positive experience Absolutely. And that is what the companies are up against because um, that's why they try and make it so you can just take it out of the box and mm. play it and it's going to be 80% or whatever right. Mm -hmm. um, because it only takes one thing, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's going to, yeah, that is going to sour people's relationships. Yeah, yeah. So what's your approach? Do you prefer A to E making an acoustic kit, an electronic kit, or do you prefer an actual electronic kit? Um, as far as I'm concerned, it all comes down to the module. Okay. Um, if the module is good, then it doesn't actually matter what is triggering it. Um, I, I, I'm a bit of a, as you know, I'm a bit of a geek, and I love, um, <laughs> I love trying stuff. Um, so when the stuff crops up on eBay, um, you know, stuff from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, um, I'll buy it just to try it if I haven't got a lot of experience of it. So I've got, you know, sort of old drum pads from the 80s, which everyone else would go, oh, you know, what on earth are you doing with those? But if the module's good, it doesn't matter. You can, mm. um, it's the module which is the important thing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if you've got the world's most expensive looking pads, which look like a real kit, if the sound is not great, if it's mm -hmm. not going to do the job. Mm -hmm. um, and I always, you know, sort of, whenever a new kit comes on the market, I look at it and go, right, okay, how can it help me? I always treat myself as though I'm, I'm a consumer and I'm buying it. And how many acoustic drum kits could I buy for that? And what would oh, I wow. prefer? Okay. Would, yeah. I, would I prefer to buy a really nice acoustic drum kit with microphones uh, and um, cymbals and blah, 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 or would I prefer to buy that kit? <laughs> and yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a balance, it, you know, my opinion does not suit most you know it doesn't won't necessarily make everyone um go oh well that's brilliant then um but yeah, but you you, know, you are an authority though yeah you've, you've got an informed kind of like, yeah you've decision. got an informed opinion and, and you understand it in, yeah. a, in a way that not everybody does you know so that's very kind of you but in the way that all of us do when we get to being adults we do generally think why are people why did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. That's very kind. I mean, I, um, I, I think it's just the ten thousand hour principle. Uh, oh, okay. If, yeah. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to learn how to do something really well, you've got to spend ten thousand hours. And I have definitely spent ten thousand hours messing <laughs> about with electronic drums and pads and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's it's how many. How many of those pads over time have you like got it and got really excited and then got it back home and thought, oh shit, this is actually terrible. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I've got to the stage now where I can, I can suss something fairly quickly. Mm -hmm, I right. can, I, I uh, there was one kit uh, which appeared at the Frankfurt Music Show um, when the Frankfurt Music Show was running. So we're talking years ago. <clears throat> and I remember grabbing a pair of sticks, going onto the stand, sitting down, and in about three seconds, I knew that it, I, 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 I sussed it in about three seconds and went, that's not very good. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, but then you go on other things. That's the other thing is you just sit down at something and you try something or someone gives you a prototype. This is what I always wanted to do when I was a kid growing up was mess about with prototypes. Prototypes mm. are the, you know, the pre-release versions of stuff because they're the generally the only ones in the world or there's only three or four of them in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing better than sitting down with a prototype of something, hitting it once and going, that's it. That's <laughs> wow. it. And that is really good. And that's happened quite a few times. Oh, cool. um, the more you spend, more time you spend doing anything, the quicker you get at, at going, that's good. That's not. Mm. Yeah. Makes me think of, we had a, a podcast guest on last year, the year before last, a guy called Johnny Scott, who's local to us. He plays for a band called Churches. Yeah. And he bought some Simmons pads for the stage because they look amazing. He was like, it's like hitting concrete. It was getting to the stage where he was he was gonna maybe have to stop because it was the the pain was not was not was not worth it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. watch all those old videos of Alex Van Halen and he's got Simmons pads everywhere. You're like, Jesus, how does he do that night after night, man? Mm. I know? did a tour ages ago and uh with an eighties artist and um I put some Simmons pads on my rig. Oh. But purely for show. Yeah, not yeah. to hit because it was just like i don't want to i don't want to uh, you know um yeah they, they look they do look fantastic yeah, i've actually got some in there and they just <laughs> i love them i love how they look they're yeah. terrible to play but they just yeah. look fantastic it's like yeah. bozio and missing persons when he's standing yeah. up and all that you know yeah. Yeah, amazing yeah. we did a video with johnny and i went to the the venue where they were playing and um, I just remember like seeing them on stage because it was like occasionally the bits with the camera would go up close to the artist and all that, and it went up close to Johnny at one point, right as he was hitting those Simmons pads, and like his face could say, "I'm having a great time," but his eyes were saying, <laughs> "This is horrific." Ow. Yeah. Ow. yeah. Ow. <laughs> like, and you know, you're playing in an arena, so it's like arms away, but you know, it's all part of the package, isn't it? Totally. You know, it's yeah. funny. You mentioned um, synths versus pianos which is really strange because i have a question about that because i'd spoken Ooh. there's a customer who we have um who was asking you know or he was talking about one day you know what are a drum company ever going to make an electronic kit or an electronic kit product that doesn't its sole purpose is not to replicate an acoustic kit and to do something wildly different like a synth versus a piano well, yeah, I mean, you've got it. I mean, there's things like the uh, the Nord drum um, right. uh, and the wave drum, the Korg mm -hmm. wave drum. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yes, they are sort of percussion-based because we hit them with sticks, but, you know, it's not designed to sound like, a, mm -hmm. you know, a 1960s Ludwig or a mm -hmm. 1959 Slingland or something like that. Um, but no, I mean, melodic stuff, this is going back to Simmons that we've, we've how come we talked about Simmons twice already um <laughs> this would be the third time uh, right so Simmons uh, when Simmons first came out and uh, the wonderful Bill Bruford um mm. uh was was using Simmons his whole thing was I don't want these to be drums I want these to be melodic things and stuff like that and that's what he did but it didn't really uh, it hasn't really resonated with drummers um I mean it's it's changing so that we, you know when we're on stage we're not hitting pads and triggering loops and oh no sorry loops we're not triggering tunes i mean if uh, if if anyone wants to see some really really clever stuff you've got to check out akira jimbo mm -hmm. um uh, akira jimbo sounds like a uh, a drum kit and a, and a bunch of sequences and, and synths and it's just him triggering stuff off pads yeah. um 
But what we are doing now, and you'll find more and more drummers doing this on function gigs, is you know they'll be triggering Ableton, or they'll be they'll have a pad and they'll start and stop the backing tracks. They'll have a pad and they'll trigger the the backing vocals, or or the the string quartet in the middle eight, or something like that. That's really common. I mean, I I, I haven't uh, in with my programming head on. I haven't done any. Um, I haven't worked with any bands recently who haven't done that. Um, I mean, you know, everybody, that's what everybody does. I, when you go and see a band, um, the musicians on stage are probably making 70% of the sound. The other 30% is on, uh, you know, it's going to be on a computer or on a hard drive somewhere. Mm. Um, that's just how it is now. Because if it didn't sound like the, I can't say record because <laughs> we don't sell records anymore. But if it doesn't sound like the track, um, then it's, you know, we get a bit disappointed. So it's yeah. got to sound like the track. You're absolutely right. I mean, I remember um, hearing a conversation from Joe Clegg, who played for yeah. Ellie Gilden. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, like you look at Redden and Leeds or you look at any big festival, you know, 95% of the bands, the drummer's got an SPDSX beside them or some yeah. or equivalent, you know, because it's just how things are now. It's just like yeah. you, you, you're you, basically, in fact, I think it may have been a customer here we were speaking to Jamie, um, where he's like, you know, if you don't have that, you're competing with everyone else who does have that. And it's like, you know, if it's, vers if it's you not having it, you know, you're going to sound inferior to someone who does purely because it's like you said, they have to sound like in bunny ears the record, you know. Yeah. So they're going to sound more pro because they've got all those frequencies in there that need to be there. They've got all the layers, the samples, whatever. And if you just turn up and don't have that now, you know, you're not even in the same league. No, you know? no. Um, I mean, it's it's weird, actually. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been um, having a, a regular meetings with a, with a drummer in Australia. Um, and... Uh, they are sort of catching up now with how we are at the moment with drummers using triggering Ableton mm. and stuff. Mm. Um, and this guy, I mean, he's in his sixties, I would guess. Wow. Sorry. Sorry, Peter, if you're listening, I don't know how old you are, but anyway, um, uh, and, and he's like, right, I need to get my head around this. I need to, um, you know, and, and it's brilliant. I mean, it's just like, yeah. right. And showing someone the power of, uh, you know, I keep referring to Ableton because there's nothing quite like Ableton. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but showing someone the power of Ableton and how it can help drummers uh, on stage control basically everything, it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's a new language. It's it's almost like it's as, as important for drummers to learn that as it is to learn rudiments. Yeah, I mean, it is now. I mean, basically, when, when we're playing live, most of the time we are just going, boofed, get, Boofed, mm. get boofed, get um and um but hopefully in time rather than the question, which i did and um and yeah and then yeah and then you can you've got the mental capacity to do all this other stuff at the same time i mean that's assuming it's a it's a covers it's a covers band it's a function band it's not something like porcupine tree because i'm sure gavin's got lots of things occupying his head when he's playing all of the stuff that he does um but yeah so i mean it's yes it's becoming the norm that there is a lot there's another layer underneath yeah but even look at that like craig blundell who plays for stephen wilson he's mm. trigger, he's triggering a bunch from underneath the stage and stuff at times you know he's, yeah. he's been fairly open about all that you know like yeah he might have the kit rigged to td50 and to create the drum sounds that that stephen wants live Mm. You know, because not Absolutely. everybody not everybody gets to be an artist, 
I mean, and also it's yeah, like you said about you know triggering sounds. So the the uh, before we all went into lockdown, um, uh, I did the the programming for the drum programming for the Who um, for the for the tour which was going up with the orchestra, mm-hmm. and they got in contact because they the the Who are a loud band. Um, you know, you're not going to see them, and uh, you know. Yeah, if you well, two, two of them are deaf anyway. So. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they uh, they wanted to do a tour with a with an orchestra, and so um, Zach Starkey, uh, Ringo's son, is mm-hmm. is the drummer, and Zach is just the most amazing drummer, and also mm-hmm. he's got an amazing setup kit as well. But that's enough for another podcast sometime. Um, and um, they wanted to do this, and you can't have a, an acoustic drummer like Zach um, uh, playing with an orchestra because the orchestra is just not loud. Mm. Um, Zach had to go into electronics, so they got hold of me and they um, uh, we ended up programming a load of um, stuff. And so Zach was playing a kit, a uh, DW kit with some pads built into it, and we were triggering something called Superior Drummer. Um, mm. And it sounded brilliant it sounded fantastic um uh, you know we did all the programming in this country and then the whole rig went off to florida where they were doing the first gig um and yeah so i mean not even the the drum sound that it you know to the audience it looked like zach was playing an acoustic kit um but none of that sound was coming from the kit it was all it was all coming off macbooks and everything else so i mean that's the norm that's that's it's not drum kits and microphones a lot of the time anymore. Yeah. I have this conversation with my uh, my missus uh, folks all the time. If we are sitting watching um, mm. the television and we have, like, say, I don't know, for example, Gary Barlow is on the television with his band. Yeah. Like, I can tell because, you know, I've spoke to enough people in the industry now and, you know, as a drummer as well, you can tell that, like, there's no way that they're actually playing that kind of stuff. But yeah. they, it's amazing just the illusion that it creates, you mm. know, for people of, who aren't in that mindset at all to be like oh they sound really tight and really good and i'm just like yeah Yeah. macbook's doing a really great job there playing (laughs) that backing track you know like absolutely um i mean but it happens at all levels um i was doing a a function gig in a hotel uh, probably 10 years ago and um it was for a massive wedding for massive society wedding and there were two bands and we were the second band and the first band went on and uh, drum kits, electronic kits, um, uh, keyboard player, two guitars, three singers, all this sort of stuff. And me and the rest of the guys in the band that I was playing with, we were standing at the side of the stage going, is something not right? Is something not right here? What on earth is it? And basically, the whole band were miming and oh. it was all being played from the keyboards. But wow. it was done so well that the, you know, the, the four of us were going, Hang on, there's just what 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 is it? What is it? And then it's just like, hang on. And then when when you see it, it's just like, wow, that I mean, brilliant. <laughs> Kudos to the band. I mean, it was, it looked fantastic. <laughs> it sounded amazing, but it's completely false. Surely, so, it's like it's a point of pride, man. Um, yeah, but it depends what the what the bottom mm, line is. Are, okay. You know, uh, if you're doing something where you need it to be guaranteed 100 right, then you know. If, then if, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it yeah. does happen. It's I mean, like it, DJs. Oh, sorry, go on. Go on. Well, I've been in, I've been in situations like that where I've I've done theatre shows and and yeah. 
main stage has gone down in the first act and the keyboard player's starting to sweat bullets because their, their MacBook won't restart in time and we've lost a keys too for the whole of the first act. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a real delicate balance with all that stuff, man. Yeah. Because w- when you're trying to make it sound great for the audience and then all of a sudden it doesn't, something's missing or there's a cue that a singer needs mm-hmm. that's not there anymore because the, 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 the computer's not got the processing power to handle it. And Yeah, but but but... Well, when you get up to a certain level, then that of course never happens I, I mean, uh, yeah, because the, the, you know there's B reg and C reg and D reg, but yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean there, there's um, uh, there's one very big band who I know go out with ninety six tracks of audio running uh, as well. Holy as shit! Um, that and they're basically running the the, the whole of the album, uh, all the multi tracks from the album. And you know, and th- and they can basically do whatever they want, uh, and it's really flexible, and it sounds great. And you know, there is fifty percent of what the, the audience is hearing is the band, but the other half is is other stuff. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, but it's sort of that. But that's the that's the norm. That's the norm. Yeah, um, uh, budgets and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you, you know, especially smaller touring productions where one person yeah. can do it as opposed to eight. You know, mm. or and it, I mean, the, the theatre world, it's been normal for horns to triple for. Yeah, thirty years, forty years. You know, you're playing four parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I, I get it. You know, it's just I'm a hardware on the stage guy as opposed to a software on the stage guy. I, 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 yeah. f- computers on the stage freak me out. Yeah, you spoke about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I've I've never had a problem. I've only ever had a problem once, and uh, that was um, this the '80s artist who I toured with earlier, who I mentioned, um, uh, and. Is a very good reason I haven't mentioned who it is. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the last gig we did was at Colston Hall in in Bristol, and the engineer everything was running um, through Ableton, and the engineer did an update twenty minutes before we went on stage. Oh, and no. the yeah, I know of all the things you yeah. don't do, you don't do that. But it just for whatever reason he did it. You know, and he's a fantastic engineer. Um, but for whatever reason that happened and the uh, the whole rig shut down um for the last eight bars but the audience sung the last eight bars well that's convenient yeah. 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 but like my wife's brother um plays guitar in an abba tribute band and and he's had yeah. things like his wi-fi's just cut out on the stage man he runs from a kemper and it's yeah. all electronic you know there's, so there's like range issues and all these things that you can't really foresee but that's the thing you 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 the more you do it, the more you learn not to trust trust Wi-Fi, mm. not to trust, definitely don't trust Bluetooth. It <laughs> only takes a few extra people in the room with their Bluetooth on on their phones, and that Bluetooth is you know is yeah. non-functional. Yeah. Um, uh, Wi-Fi, you just can't trust it. So, but they have like they had their own routers and all that. They brought it all with them. Yeah. So, oh yeah. If you're doing that, then great. But even then, I mean, you still need backups. You yeah. always need backups. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I can think of I can think of tours where there's at least three full backups. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. Me, I, I'm, I'm unfairly making the comparison between pro and local level. Well, yeah, but 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 local level is getting more pro all the time. Mm. I mean, um, it's it's going to be you know. Uh, you talk to people and you go, wow, you've really got your life sus. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas 10 years ago, um, you know, someone 
not well not 10 years ago but someone having a computer on stage you'd go really nowadays you don't don't think anything of it you're running your backing tracks you're running your campo you're using running your uh, your superior drama you're running Mm. anything else it's it's quite common i think the 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 software thing freaks me out because we did we put on drum show a few years ago yeah and one of the headline artists had his mac beside him and he was pedaling his hi-hats and the mac bounced from the uh he had a flight case and the stage was a little bit too springy and it bounced and it cut the track mm-hmm. and then from there his focus was the computer you could see mm-hmm. it broke the, it broke it all like mm-hmm. he, he couldn't get himself back into the yeah. zone to to carry on and mm-hmm. i think he ended up cutting his set short mm-hmm. you know because it it kind of kind of broke the illusion you know yeah oh it does i mean it's 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 these um what do they call it in the theater it's the uh the third wall isn't it whatever it is i can't remember yeah fourth wall fourth wall yeah Yeah, that makes more sense um yeah yeah, you've got to keep that (laughs) illusion going um yeah you can't um yeah yeah and it's absolutely i mean god if you went to see a really really big band and suddenly everything went quiet Hmm. you'd spend the rest of the gig expecting it to go quiet at any Hmm. second yeah Yeah. so it's really important to keep it going yeah Yeah. just how it is yeah. You know, I mean, you kind of touched on it there as well, but like, you know, local scene is getting a little bit more pro and like 10 years ago, a laptop on the stage would have been like, oh, that's a bit hairy. But even now, like, I remember I took the E80 10 to a gig because yeah. the band I worked with at the time, anywhere, this band, like they were so used to just putting microphones on the kit and all that kind of stuff. And when I just brought out this little <laughs> little magic black box that I was like, <laughs> no guys, honestly, this is going to work. I promise you. They were all skeptical about it. You know, and it wasn't till you know nowadays. Like I spent, I mean, maybe not right now, but you know, people are using the E eighty ten left, right, and center yeah. ever since it came out. It's not really that. Like, it's not one of this. Oh, that was this weird, spooky new electronic thing that's gonna break everything potentially. You know, mm. it's now become part of everyone's kind of setup in a way. So, where was I going with that question? I've just lost my chain of thought. Mm. But um, well, it's about <laughs> it's about pro level becoming uh, yeah. uh, uh, local level becoming more pro because of the better. The, the the quality of gear, I guess, that's oh, been yeah. released so, for. Thank you, Chris. You've you've helped me regain my thought chain. Um, Pull it in. So, <laughs> I broke the fourth wall now. Um, so where I was going with that was, you know, we have the EAD10 right now. Where do you yeah. see the future of something like the EAD10? Oh, wow. Um, it plays the gig I mean, for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I just. It's weird. I mean, because the the EAD ten uh, was uh, was developed for drummers to record um, videos at home. That was mm. the that was the only reason it was developed. It was for that. So because YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff, and and people finding it difficult to to get everything together, so that was built. And it was only after it came out that everyone went, "Oh, I could use this for live. Oh, I could use this for this. Oh, I could use it for that as well." Um, that, Typical drummer. Typical drummers. Um, so yeah, so it, it that I can, I mean, in the direction of that, it's going to be using it more for live because I think more people are using it for live now than they are making YouTube videos. I mean, do obviously you, th- you can do both. Do you think it would become something that you know people start chaining them together to make a a, a bigger sort of spread of microphones to get them? You know, if say you've got Gavin Harrison's kit, it's only going to pick up so much of that. It's not going to pick up the whole thing in the same way that microphones will. No, I mean it's it's never going to the EAD is never going to replace a a full microphone rig. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's just convenience. It is just being able to turn up 
and mic your kit in 30 seconds yeah. and then just go to the sound guy look there's left cable there's right cable <laughs> that is how about it yeah uh, yeah uh, i mean and for that um it, it's it's fantastic but you, i don't think you're going to see it you you won't see it replacing a full miking no. system on on an enormous kit like gavin's i mean that's um and also gavin is so particular about the sound um that you know mm. he wouldn't just two mics is not going to do him. He, no. he wants individual separation and everything and EQ on everything. Um, but for us, every day sort of, you know, oh, I've got a gig tonight. Uh, I don't know if I, whether I need to take mics, but I'll just take the EAD-10 anyway. Then it's absolutely perfect. So it's not designed to, to suit everybody. Um, switching gears a bit, just um, the power now that you can get from for recording your drums from electronic kits is, yeah. is something that's just... It's kind of become next level, eh? I actually had an email today from someone asking me about how to record using an EAD. Um, and it's just like, well, it's really simple. You just press the record <laughs> button. <laughs> and, and the email back was like, sorry? Yeah, just press the record button. Big, big long gap, you know? And it's just like, oh. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, I see what you mean. Yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I, I mean, that's, I'm the worst person for this because I just assume that everyone sees things with a geeky head on it, like mine, yeah. and, and, and they don't. And, and I've got to, I've got to sort of go, no, 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 no. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. slow down, slow down. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, it is next level now. You know, the fact that I can record my drum kit just by pressing one button now. And it sounds great. And I mean, I know people who've used it in um, in commercial recordings. And I know someone who actually did a, I won't mention the name, but they did the advert for Avid. Avid make Pro Tools. Mm. Pro Tools is sort of like, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest well-known um, pro software for recording. And yet they recorded the drum part using an EAD. That's um, wild. Oh, an EAD? Man. Yeah. Wow! I thought you were maybe going to say like a, a DTX or something where they, nope. they can you know, they can multi-track nope. it. And, wow! No, nope. nope. they recorded the drum part on an EAD. Bravo! <laughs> yep. Bravo! Yeah. Um, That's amazing. yeah, I think the last time we spoke, when, when we were the, the last podcast we first tried time, to do, yeah, <laughs> we you, you were telling a story about how it, you know electronic drums basically fooled Bob Clear Mountain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yes, so Bob Clear Mountain is the mixer. Um, he's the mixer. Uh, he's the guy who, if if you want to have a hit, you get him to mix your your track. And um, a friend of mine called John Atkinson, who is just the most um, one of the most amazing drummers uh, because he gets the acoustic side and he gets the electronic side. Fascinating guy. Oh, brilliant guy! Mm. Brilliant guy. Um, he was doing an album for somebody, and he recorded the drum parts at home on a D Drum Four kit, midded um, up to his Mac, which was running um, Superior Drummer, Superior Drummer Two at the time. And Superior Drummer Two was slightly different from Superior Drummer Three in that you, there was a big red button inside the software. You push that, and it and it sent out all the individual what would be a microphone stream so there's the snare track and you can hear the bass drum quietly in the background and you mm. can hear the toms and all the bleed everything it was it was just it is just like <laughs> you know are you you're having a multi-track kit and he sent the parts to bob clear mountain and bob clear mountain didn't question 
you know, he just assumed that it was an acoustic kit. He didn't question it at all. So oh, that was that happened when I was moving into my last house and I was built uh, trying to build a studio in the garden. And it was just like, right, I now I've heard that I don't need to have acoustic drums. In my what studio. what really freaks me out is the, the the level of quality it's got since when I first met you. I first met you on the DTX Extreme Three launch. Yeah, Yamaha launched that, and all the dealers went to Milton Keynes. Yeah. And you were doing the product demo. So from that kit to now, and that space of time has been inside 15 years, because obviously yep. we are 15 this year. The yep. the level of, that it's at now is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, the, yeah, everything has moved on. So it's um, the quality, the audio quality of stuff nowadays is just fantastic, which the, is brilliant. The rate it moves is kind of freaky, yeah. though. It's yeah. like, it, it feels like it's super accelerated. I think I think what it is is we're just more aware of it now, because okay. if you go back fifteen years, the technology was progressing pretty fast. But it's but it, it we we just looked at stuff and went, wow, that's amazing! It can do this, and then went off and used our acoustic kits and came back and then went, oh look, that does this. Mm. But now um, we're all so much more tech savvy. I mean, we all have computers. We all. Um, uh, you know, we we all know what we're doing. Yeah, phones. I mean, go on, look at yeah, yeah. Chris just picked his phone up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm now I'm holding my phone up. Why am I holding showing my phone to you? Um, <laughs> no, I'm but, holding my phone. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, phones. I mean, we are just so used to having technology in our hands, which we can customize. You know, my iPhone is different to your iPhone. Mm. Um, uh, the apps are different. The how it work, behaves, how, the ringtone, everything else, and that's what's happening with um, electronic gear now. I mean, we you turn it on and it is your kit and it's your computer and that's brilliant it's just fantastic yeah. it's it's i can see a really nice clean path into the future with well with you've just stuff. answered my question because i was going to ask you do you think it'll plateau or do you think it'll keep going up oh no it'll keep going up it'll right. keep going up it's the whole uh is it moore's law where everything gets twice mm. as powerful in in mm. yeah we're having along um yeah it's the new Max, the new Mac, uh, uh, M1 Max. Um, I thought, you know, computers were pretty good. Uh, and then when the new Max came out, um, I bought one and, uh, oh, I mean, it's just a different league. I mean, and I can run, I can, um, I can edit feature films on, on a 600 quid computer. And this is just crazy. Wow. I can run, um, uh, plugins at 0.4 milliseconds latency. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's mind blowing. And mm. that's just one step up. So give it 10 years. Uh, mm. Will one thing I predict is that we will all be moving onto computers. Uh, the, it'll be less hardware based. We'll still need pads. We'll, there'll still be loads of different pads and pads will look fantastic and feel and look even more like acoustic drums. But it's going to be more computer-based. When are modules... You, oh, sorry, you were going to say? I was going to say, when are modules getting replaced with phones? Um, not for another few years. Okay. There's just not quite enough um, firepower in them yet. Uh, the latency is really good. I mean, um, uh, I've, I've tried triggering stuff off uh, an iPad Pro, um, a latest iPad Pro, and it's... it's getting really good actually mm. um so yeah i mean that's what that's what it's going to be it's mm. um it will be that sort of thing but 
then it comes back to what we we're talking about earlier about Bluetooth and everything else. Mm. You shouldn't really use your the device you talk to your mother-in-law on uh, to trigger your yeah. Yeah. drum kit sounds on a yeah. on a on a gig. That's <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably <laughs> someone starts calling you in the middle of the gig. Yeah, I mean, uh, you well, never yeah. know. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I I have done silly stuff like that in the past, but I'm I'm. It was only just as an experiment. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that though. You're walking into the venue, your whole drum kit sound is on your phone. I mean, and it's you, got, I, I, and you I, drop I, the phone and it smashes to bits. You know? yeah. and then all Great. of a sudden, you have to learn to tune an acoustic drum again because you've got to go and get your acoustic kit out, and <laughs> everybody thinks you're a dinosaur. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Would you mean a drum key? What? <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing. Uh, so, if there's one thing that um, uh, people can go away from this one, uh, we, you know, with a with a little nugget, always have backup yeah. that mm. is the most important thing always have backup i've learned that one the hard way on yeah. multiple occasions i remember i was doing a gig with a um a jersey boys tribute band believe it or not oh of, wow yeah but they wanted to trigger certain like moments i think it was kind of a mashup between like because you know they have the jersey boys musical and all that yeah. kind of stuff like yeah. there was a mashup of that where there was vocal cues and all that kind of stuff and i thought great i'll be able to trigger that using my triggering module and me being um thinking everyone's using you know a triggering module these days that's great <laughs> and so um i didn't have a backup obviously because i never did and um the spdsx lost power and it just stopped working so we had to like they more or less had to try and learn how to say those like segments off by heart in like about half an hour because it, it was fine at the sound check and then just for whatever reason you know i went to check it just to make sure and there was no power going to it whatsoever no spare power supply no spare backup of the the um the um the audio cues or anything so we just had to wing it so yeah. and um yeah it's not fun but maybe, maybe going back to the difference between pro and uh, you know and local, um, the only difference between pro and local is that there's more backups on the pro. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. That's, yeah, that's that's all it is. I mean it's uh, you know we're all using the same technology. Um, okay, they you know the pro the pro side of stuff might have spent uh, uh, quite a bit more money on the same sort of thing, but um, yeah, it's it if if it's the first thing you can do is have a backup um then then you are protected and it makes you look better should sure. anything go absolutely do you know what i was just thinking about as well like when you said when electronics you know you see us all going back to laptops like you kind of the introduction of that has kind of already started with the dtx6 because you know what would require a laptop a separate machine to record your own drums you know you can just do it straight on the the dtx6 and have more control over you know what you can put on the drums what you can you know just all that all that ability that you would have on a, a digital audio workstation yeah i mean and also i'm going back to the dtx6 um the, the one thing which i know i need to do a video and explain more about this because it's uh, you know it, it's it's tricky but you can load because you can load your own multi-layer samples in you can oh i've i've yeah it it can sound fantastic yeah, yeah it's brilliant um yeah i mean it's it's the ability on something which isn't that expensive to sound that good is is almost criminal it's yeah. bonkers yeah I, yeah I i did a track recently for a mate using it and he was kind of gobsmacked you know mm. he was like jesus that's 
That's pretty scary. Well, you, I think you let me hear the drums, and you said you, you didn't tell me anything about how you recorded it or anything. You just said, "Is this acoustic drums with the EAD, or is this or is this DTXX?" And I on it, I couldn't tell yeah. at all. Yeah, and then you were like, "Yeah, all that you heard, like effects and everything, is DTXX." Yeah, bonkers. Mm. Yeah, it's bonkers. So, do you think there's anything missing electronically from the market that that could be good for drummers to have in their arsenal, or do you think we're kind of all covered now? No, there's uh, um, <laughs> there's actually one thing which is really, really good, but I can't tell you what it is because I know that someone's talking to a company about it. Okay. But it's ba basically, um, yeah, it's uh, something which will which will help um, teaching uh, online because we let's face it, we don't know what the future holds. Mm. Um, when we went into lockdown, everyone suddenly went, "I need to sort out my online teaching," mm. um, and. Uh, yeah, it, uh, we don't know whether we're going to have to rely on that in the future a lot more. I mean, I you know all my teachings gone online obviously because everyone's got to, um, and it's you know that's that's going to be the big area. The big, mm. big there's going to be a big expansion I reckon in uh, online teaching. How you would teach with an acoustic kit online without it being a right pain in the proverbial mm. neck, whatever. Mm. Um, so th that's the only thing. I mean, and everything's just going to get better. Everything's going to sound more realistic. Um, and despite what anyone might say, the look of stuff is really, really important. So A to E kits. I mean, you can you if if you don't know what an A to A to E kit is, an A to E kit is you take a an acoustic kit, and it can be any acoustic kit. You can stick mesh heads on it and triggers, and plug them into your um, drum module and it looks like an acoustic kit it has the sounds of your electronic kit uh, but it's just much more satisfying to play mm -hmm. uh, and I, that's where i think everything's going to go i mean mm. you know yeah mm. it makes sense amazing yeah amazing, amazing. yeah um, cool. so if people want to dig you up find you where can they do that uh eDrum info um is my uh website um and you can get hold of me through that um i'm always on uh i'm answering people's questions on uh facebook and all the usual the usual suspects all that sort of stuff um uh, i'll get back to you as soon as i can but it, it occasionally gets ridiculously busy yeah um but uh but yeah uh yeah and yeah it's it's great i mean it, the drumming community is really good in that we generally help each other yeah um uh and so um, yeah, it's just nice to be part of it, I guess. Yeah, nice one. Thank well, you so much, yeah. Simon. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming we, we on. We got there. Second time's a charm. Right. Hey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, we'll catch up, I guess, soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, and we'll be able to get our hair cut and all that I know, sort of man. I can't oh, oh, COVID hair. Mm. I think that's the most that's challenging thing. No, <laughs> <I know. laughs> totally, totally, yeah. Um, so, no, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, great to see you as always. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I will be travelling north before too long. Yeah. Um, I, I will see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, at DrummersOnly UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Any questions, info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email, or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. 
Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. 